Hey guys, welcome to Practical Biz Podcast, where we are here to educate, motivate, and celebrate your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, Erica Sicoccio, Customer Acquisition and Retention Specialist. With 23 years in the trust and people building business, Practical Biz is here to help entrepreneurs from startup to the most seasoned business owner with level tips, stories, and strategies to increase your sales, create brand loyalty while making a positive impact in your community. Hey, hey guys, it must be Monday. Erica Scosio here with Practical Biz Podcast. Um, I am super excited to be here today. And if you are a frequent listener, uh, you are surely going to love today's episode. Um, But before we jump into that, I'm going to give you a little clue. And we're going to start with a quote. Thomas Edison says that good fortune is what happens when opportunity meets planning. So if you listen frequently, you know that we have talked about the importance of a business plan. And if you are a business owner or somebody who has a great idea and you're ready to get that moving and ready to put pen to paper, this episode is for you. Thomas Edison says that good fortune is what happens when opportunity meets planning. Now, funny is I have a list of the 10 reasons why businesses typically fail, and most of them are addressed in a business plan. So number one reason is lack of research. You don't know enough about your industry or you have an industry maybe that doesn't have a lot of research around it. Maybe it's a new industry, um, so you don't have enough of the details to make a business viable. Number two is lack of planning. Uh, winging it is not a plan. I, and I think a lot of business owners do that. And you can be somewhat successful without a business plan. I'm not implying that you can't, but having a business plan will certainly help you elevate your business and help you increase your sales, help you stay super focused, and certainly help you stay in business for the long term. Another area that happens is either lack of money. Uh, you try to finance everything out of your pocket and you just unfortunately run out of money before you can get the business up and going where it is supporting itself. And it doesn't mean you don't have a good business. You could have a great business, um, but most businesses take a few months to start to generate enough income to cover the expenses. So you have to have enough money in that bank account to uh, keep your business afloat until you're at least breaking even and then start working towards making a profit. The other thing is you may have plenty of money, but you mismanage it. Uh, You didn't anticipate your costs correctly um, or you overexpend on supplies, didn't get the best uh, price. And then you end up pricing yourself out of business because you didn't um, do the pricing for your products or services Uh, accordingly to cover your cost. A lot of things that we saw happen during COVID-19 is not being able to adapt um, or people who are stuck in their old business ways. And as technology changes, as the landscape changes, the industries change, um, the business doesn't change with that. And uh, that can quickly put you out of business. Also not keeping up with your customer needs or a new competitor has come into town and uh, taking a portion of your business uh, to the point of you're no longer covering your expenses and you start to lose money. Growing quickly is another way, believe it or not, um, that many businesses go out of, um, out of business. 
Uh, they can have many orders and not be able to fulfill those orders or have a problem with the right people in the right place, making sure that everything goes out in a timely manner or that it is a high quality product. And then not hiring the right people or retaining the right people, especially if you're in a people business like we are, um, the right people are essential. You can have a great product, but if you don't have great customer service, you're not meeting the needs of your folks, um, that quickly spreads through your reviews, testimonials, referrals, and uh, eventually affects your bottom line. And then number 10 is not asking for help. No business owner is going to know every part of their business, um, every aspect, uh, and be able to handle all of that on their own. Uh, although many of you try, um, if you know that you're not the best digital creator for content, then hire somebody to help you with your website or your social media. If you're not great with QuickBooks, then hire a bookkeeper. Um, so I think that is probably one of the, the pieces that you're going to think about as you start to create your business plan. Um, who do you share this business plan with? Well, let's talk about one. If you're looking for financing, obviously a banker. But if you don't need something that big, you may be looking for an investor from a friend or family member. So again, having a well-detailed plan that you can articulate to them uh, certainly is helpful in getting the funds that you need. Number two, you can share your business plan and vision with your team uh, because they can't see what's in your head. Uh, and a lot of people are like, oh, I got it. I don't need a plan. It's all up here. Okay, that's great. And, and that's wonderful if you're a solo entrepreneur and you're going to do everything by yourself, every aspect, um, which is obviously unobtainable. Uh, so as you grow any big business, you're not going to be able to do 100% by yourself. So that's why it's really important to have it written down. The other thing is it helps you keep on track and it gives you direction as you grow um, and you have thought out your processes. And the more that you work on your business plan, the better it helps you with your sales pitch and being able to articulate what exactly it is that you do. And being able to articulate that to your customers, um, to your employees, to your financers, to your insurance agent, to your accountant, all, all the people that are on your team, um, it, it helps you with that. And then also strategy, because you're going to go back and look at your business plan. This isn't a document that you're going to put together and then you're like, all right, it's done. And then it goes on a shelf, right? This is kind of a living, breathing document that will need adjustments, right? And so that's where the strategy kind of comes in. When you're looking at your market, if you've been in business for three years, is your market still the same? Has it grown? Has your products changed? And if they have, then obviously you want to go back and look at how has that affected your business plan. So today we'll talk about nine steps that you'll need as part of your business plan. And again, for those of you who don't think that you need a business plan, I want you to think about this for a second. What if you don't have a business plan, but your competition does? How do you think that'll affect your business? If you, if you think it doesn't affect your business, you're crazy and being a business owner is probably not for you because of course it's going to affect you, right? If somebody is sitting there strategically and they're four blocks away from you and you're in the same industry, the same business with the same market, 
and they have their strategy down, they have their employees on board, they know exactly who their target market is, exactly what their products are, they have figured out what makes them unique, and they're able to articulate that very quickly on a phone, through marketing material, through social media, and you don't, and you're just winging it, guess what? You're done, right? So let's talk about the nine steps. The first step, although it ends up being the last step, but the first step on your plan or the first page on your plan should be your executive summary. So if you only could share three pages or two pages of your plan, it would be the executive summary. So typically it's the most important part of your plan. um, And it's kind of almost a summary of all of the details that uh, you'll have supporting documents for, but it's a summary. It's usually one or two pages very clear and concise. Um, the, the more clear and concise you can make it, the better. And it really does make you really dial down to right to the nuts and bolts of it. So some of the things are, it's going to give you an overview of your business, but key points are going to be one, what's your concept? Two, you're going to share your goals and your vision. Three, you're going to share what you sell. Four, you're going to share your target market. Five, your finances and projections, six, your team, and who are you working with and what are you asking the reader for, right? So whether it's $150,000 to start up a new bake shop in Warwick, we're going to sell organic brownies um, from local vendors. Um, We're going to get the eggs from Morris Farm. So all those details that you can get in one or two pages um, that really makes you unique and who's going to run it, how you're going to run it, all those details. So number one is your executive summary. Leave it till the end. And the reason I say leave it to the end is as you write all of the other eight aspects of your plan, it's going to help you really get that concise and give an overview of, of your of your business. So then the next part you're going to do is you're going to describe your company, like the history, like how did you get from concept to paper? What's the history? Who you are, what you plan to do, why you're different, um, why you're going to be a good bet. Why should somebody give you $150,000, $200,000 of their money? Uh, what's your business structure going to be? What's your model? Uh, the industry and, and how well do you know the industry? Uh, so they're really going to be looking for that. So if you have been a dog groomer for the last 20 years and now you want to open a coffee shop, they're going to want to know what do you know about owning a coffee shop? And many things do transfer over because good business is good business. So you may know the local community. You may have many connections. You may have excellent customer service skills. There may be things that you can highlight that you have learned through your years of being a dog groomer. Um, So you want to make those connections so it's very easy for the reader to know and see why you're a great bet. And what's the business objection uh, objectives for your business, short-term and long-term? So you want to think about that too. So you want to start with one coffee shop, but in five years, you anticipate to open two more. You're going to open it in a franchise style, or you're going to open it uh, with um, a couple investors, an aunt and uncle are coming on board in year number three, right? So you want to be able to describe this so that the reader, if they close their eyes, can envision 
what is your what is your store going to look like? What is the brand going to look like? Who's going to be involved? What skills do they bring to the table? And how, you know, why you're passionate about coffee, right? So those are things that you're going to want to include in that to give your reader the best um, bird's eye view, if you will, of your business. The next part is performing a market analysis. So this is kind of like where you're going to identify who is your customer, what are the industry trends, and then also like follow your gut, what you know from the history of that industry and what you think the future is going to look like. And the more research you do, um, the more statistics that you're able to use uh, will help the reader understand because you may know a whole lot about the coffee beans and the coffee shop. I don't even drink coffee. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where to begin to know if you were a good investment or not without you explaining um, to me a little bit about what's coming down the pike, right? How are you going to compete with a Dunkin' Donuts or a Starbucks or a Brood Awakenings? How are you competing with those, those big folks? What's going to make you special, different, unique? What skills do you have? Um, so that's where you're going to break down your SWOT for some of you who don't know what that is. That's your strength. That's the S your weaknesses. That's the W your opportunities. That's the O and the T that's the threats. So you want to make a chart and list them out. Here's what we're really great at. Here's where we're weak. And then where we're going to get help with that. What are the opportunities that are available? So maybe five coffee shops have closed in the area in the last 10 years, right? So that's an opportunity, but you also want to look at the threats and figure out why did they close? Was it mismanagement? Was it not? They weren't doing marketing correctly. Was the market not there? You need to know that information before you invest your time and money and other people's money um, in that area. So, so that's why it's important to do that full analysis. And it'll also help you when you're picking a location to make sure that you pick it in the right place, right? So if you're selling high-end coffee to high-end clients, you're gonna make sure that where you select your location is where you're gonna have the best chance to have the most concentrated uh, group of that demo visit your coffee shop. And then think about how are you gonna compete? Are you gonna compete on price? Are you going to compete on the uniqueness of your brand, your company, the experience? Or are you going to be super, super focused on a very exclusive, particular market um, and do that? So think about how are you going to compete? What is going to give you that edge in your, in your business? Then we're going to look at the management and organizational structure. Like who is running the company? Like who's running the day to day? So you may be an owner, but you might not be running the day-to-day. So maybe you're hiring a manager or, or um, a director or, or someone else, some other expert uh, to run your business for you, uh, where many business owners, when you first start, it's typically you, but as you grow and scale, you typically start to hire that position out. You want to look at what's your legal structure, your organizational charts, uh, what will the roles and responsibilities be? job descriptions. So you'll need to to write those out, like who is responsible for what, what will be done in-house, what will be outsourced. So again, going back to the coffee shop example, if you're the owner and you're in the back and you're doing bookkeeping, you're ordering supplies and all of that, who's running your front end? 
um, who is doing the marketing piece, um, how, how much of that is in-house, how much of that is out-house, um, how much of that is going to be your employees. You may have somebody who you hire who works the register, but also is great at social media. And you're going to give them an hour at the end of each shift to do your social media. But you got to think about, like, what is that going to look like? How are you going to compensate those people? Um, how, um, you know, where is that going to be in their job responsibilities and roles? How much time will they have allocated for that? And then set specific goals. Like every week on Tuesday, we are going to drop a podcast ad. Every Wednesday, we're going to drop a tip. Every Thursday, we're going to drop a coupon. Every Friday, we're going to drop a video, right? So you want to have a plan. And then that way you have consistency and you get results. It really is quite that simple. Um, then next, you want to list your products and services. So list your products and services with great detail and interest in the details, such as, um, is it an all-natural product? Do you do customization? Um, do you have new products that you plan to launch? And if so, when? Um, and then how are you connected with the community in some way? So, uh, you know, Tom's a main is a great example. Or, you know, um, do you have a charity that your business will be connected with where 5% of every coffee that you sell goes to the impossible dream, right? So you want to think about these things as you talk about your products and how you are going to set yourself apart and how you're also going to give back to your community because I, I do think that that is extremely important for a business, um, especially uh, one on Main Street, a local mom and pop uh, type of place uh, because you depend on your community to come into your business. And so you want to be a part of that community. Uh, so you want to give as much as you take. Uh, so I think that that is really important. Then you're going to look at your customer segmentation and you're going to think about who is your target market. And there are a lot of pieces under that. So you're going to look at age, education level, where do they work or live? Uh, what are the values that they have? Um, where are they in the social space, right? So uh, typically younger, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say what statistics show. It's not my opinion. Typically millennials may be on Instagram where uh, an older generation may be on Facebook and an even older generation may still be looking at newspaper and print ads, right? So if you have a, a 60 or 70 year old and that's your demo for your product, print media still is important, right? If you're, 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 you're looking at really, really younger, uh, like teenagers, then, you know, uh, more of the fun platforms would be, you know, TikTok, Snapchat, Pinterest. If you know the hobbies and interests of your consumers, you can create some pages on Pinterest that make a connection to that consumer. And then you can sponsor uh, those pages through your business. So um, that's just, you know, a part of what you're looking at as far as who your customer is. So if I'm reading your business plan, I will be able to tell very quickly who the market is that you're serving. Are we going um, after teenagers? Are we going after, uh, you know, Generation X, which I love Generation X, yes. Um, so it, it should be very clear who you're going after. And then your marketing plan is the second part of that is looking at what are the products that you're going to sell to them and are they of interest to them? When are you going to launch them and what's the timeline? 
what your goals are as far as how many items are you going to sell, what's your revenue goal, um, and then how we're going to get there. So um, how will we promote it? Where will we promote it? What's the time frame? Who's responsible for it? Um, how frequently are you going to um, post on the different media platforms? Are you going to do radio? Are you going to do TV? Are you going to do YouTube? So a marketing plan will, will give you an overall look and your reader an overall look at what products you plan on promoting and where and how frequently and what your goals are, what you hope that you will obtain by all of that effort. The next part of your plan is your financial plan and, and financial health is probably one of the most important parts of your plan, right? Make sure that you have enough income. So you're looking at your income statement, how much revenue you have coming into your business now. You wanna look at your balance sheets, how much uh, liability do you have versus how much assets you have. And if you haven't gotten a loan, you probably don't have a lot of liability at that point, um, except for expenses that you've already taken on. Um, and I think one of the things that's so important is when you're, when you're financing, like always overestimate because we always think it's gonna cost less than it really truly does, or there are pieces that we didn't factor in um, taxes, shipping, um, wage changes. I know in Rhode Island, uh, we have had a, a dollar, it seems like uh, anyway, in my field, almost a dollar per hour increase almost every year since I've been in business, right? So you have to, uh, calculate for that at year one, year two, year three, know your wages are going to go up. Right. Um, and I think that's probably most industries um, have seen a significant change in the labor wages. Um, and we have all seen a significant change in um, the cost of supplies and the access to supplies and being able to get supplies on time. So do delays cost you money? And how does that affect your next part? Cash flow. Right. So your cash flow is when you're collecting the money and when you're when you're um when you're getting paid and when you're paying out your expenses. So for some of us that uh, in the childcare field, we may take childcare assistance and we provide two or three weeks, depending on what state you're in, of care first, and then we get paid. But we're paying our employees ahead of the time that we're getting paid. So you have to make sure you have enough cash flow coming in from other revenue sources to cover your payroll and other expenses till you get paid. And if you do a B2B business, um, this is something you really have to factor in. Are you gonna require a 50% deposit? Are you gonna do a net 30 or 60 or 90 uh, for your accounts? Um, and if so, um, will you have enough cash, enough cash flow to keep your business going until you get paid from that vendor? Um, I know not just childcare, but even the floral industry, if you're like a telefloral uh, type of business where you're buying all of the flowers, you're putting together all of these um, uh, beautiful centerpieces and, and bouquets and you're sending them out, you're paying the florist to design, you're paying the delivery guy, you're paying the supplies and you're not getting paid for you know 60 or 90 days out. So cash flow is super important. You have to understand it. And if you don't, that's okay. Then work with your accountant to help you understand when you can make commitments, when you can't, do you have enough cash, etc. So, um, so your financial health is really important. Again, if you're new at this, get some help from, you know, an accountant. So those are the parts of a business plan. 
I hope that you found that helpful. If you need more assistance, there are plenty of templates online that you can get started and just get pen to paper and just get it going. Um, it really will help you flesh out any problems that you're, you might say, gee, you know, I'm really not great at this area, but I'm really exceptional at this area. Um, so use those strengths and really build on those as a way to squeeze out your competitor. Use those weakness areas as a place to grow, whether it's you get more training around it, you get more books around it, you take um, uh, a course at your community college or local college, or you connect with another professional in your community who is an expert in that area. If you need help with your business plan and you'd like to reach out to us at Stella Business Concepts, you can find us at www.stellabusinessconcepts.com. You can send us an email at stellabusinessconcepts1 at yahoo.com. We're also on Facebook at Stella Business Concepts and Instagram, Stella Business Concepts underscore RI1. So I, I hope that, you know, you found uh, this helpful. And if you are still stuck, please reach out. We'll be happy to help you. We do a, a one hour consultation. We can do it via Zoom or um, over the phone, whatever works for you. Again, this has been Practical Biz Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great night. See you next week. Hey, business owners. Are you ready to get your startup well started? Do you have a burning business question that you would like us to answer? Want to know more about services we offer? Register for upcoming workshops and events? Or book a guest speaker? Visit us at StellaBusinessConcepts.com.